Welcome to the Mags Radio. I'm your host, Heidi Wilson. This series is called the 75th anniversary of World War II, as 2020 marks the 75th anniversary since the end of World War II in 1945. This podcast is about the significance of World War II in shaping Australia and our world. World War II was the bloodiest conflict and the largest war in history. The war involved pretty much every part of the world. The main belligerents were the Axis powers, Germany, Italy and Japan, the Allies, France, Great Britain and the United States, the Soviet Union and China. World War II started in September 1939 and ended in September 1945. The war started with Hitler's invasion of Poland in which the Nazis won and the war ended with the Japanese surrender. World War II had a significant importance on Australia's development as a nation. It accelerated the process of industrialization, led to the development of a larger peacetime military, and began the process in which Australia shifted the focus of its foreign policy from Britain to the United States. When World War II broke out, the Australian manufacturing sector was sufficiently developed and diversified to respond to the demand for war materials and equipment. Industrialization proceeded quickly as Australia switched their resources to wartime manufacturing production. Key industries expanded and new ones developed rapidly to produce munitions, ships, aircraft, new kinds of equipment and machinery, chemicals, textiles and more. By 1940-41, to 41, manufacturing employment was at 25% and had overtaken the rural sector's share. Australia developed more after the war with Australia entering an area of sustained expansion with all sectors experiencing growth. Some things that contributed to the growth was large-scale immigration, increased ability of war materials after wartime shortages, technical and scientific progress and capital inflows. State governments agreed that they should promote decentralisation by offering incentives to certain industries. Government intervention in the working of the economy became more pronounced, with macro-stabilisation policies targeting specific goals such as employment, growth and economic development. In addition, influence was brought to bear the location of industries through regional government development policies. World War II had many small and large-scale impacts on the world, including the Holocaust, atomic bombs and the Axis powers. John Curtin was an Australian politician who served as the 14th Prime Minister of Australia from 1941 to his death in 1945. He led the country for majority of World War II. Both of his parents were born in County Cork in Ireland. His father, John Curtin Sr., arrived in South Australia in 1873 with two of his brothers. Curtin was born in Creswick. His father was a policeman and after many moves, the family settled in Melbourne. After leaving school, he became a copy boy for a newspaper. He later found employment with the Titanium Manufacturing Company and joined the union. Curtin was attracted to politics by the oratory of Victorian Labour politician Frank Anstey. 
He joined the Victorian Socialist Party and became secretary of the Victorian Timber Workers Union from 1911 to 1914. Curtin became an outspoken opponent of conscription for the Australian Workers' Union. In 1917, he accepted the role of editor of the Westralasian Worker and moved to Perth. After an unsuccessful attempt to enter Parliament in 1924, Curtin was elected to the seat of Fremantle in 1928, but lost his seat when the Scowan government was defeated at the 1931 election. In 1934, Curtin regained Fremantle and in 1935 became the Labour leader, replacing James Scullin. Curtin became Prime Minister of a minority government in October 1941. On taking office, Curtin announced the task for Labour was to win the war. 1941 was a big year for the Second World War, which is when John Curtin became Prime Minister and joined the war. Events including the Nazis invading Russia breaking the non-aggression pact. This led to allies of the most powerful countries and the Japanese bombed the major US naval base in Pearl Harbor. On the 8th of December, 1941, Prime Minister John Curtin announced Australia's declaration of war on Japan. This is a recording of the public address given by John Curtin, which is a primary source. Ladies and gentlemen, the Prime Minister, Men and women of Australia, we are at war with Japan. That has happened because in the first instance, Japanese naval and air forces launched an unprovoked attack on British and United States territory. Because our vital interests are imperiled and because the rights of free people in the whole Pacific are assailed. As a result, the Australian government this afternoon took the necessary steps which will mean that a state of war exists between Australia and Japan. Tomorrow, in common with the United Kingdom, the United States of America and the Netherlands East Indies government, the Australian government will formally and solemnly declare the state of war it has striven so sincerely and strenuously to avoid. Throughout the whole affair, and despite discouragement, the Australian government and its representatives abroad struggled hard to prevent a breakdown of discussions. Australia encouraged the United States to retain the diplomatic initiative on behalf of the democratic powers. We did not want war in the Pacific. The Australian government has repeatedly made it clear, as have the governments of the United Kingdom, the United States and the Netherlands East Indies, that if war came to the Pacific, it would be of Japan's making. In 1942, Curtin undertook his successful tactical battle within the Labour Party to achieve the adoption of limited measure of military conscription for the defence of the nation. Under Curtin's leadership, differences with Britain concerning the war strategies rapidly came to a head in the famous cable war between Curtin and Churchill in February 1942. In the previous month, 
Curtin's cabinet had pressured Churchill into sending a division to Singapore instead of Burma, an action which cost the British a large number of troops in which Churchill never forgave Australia. In March 1942, the American commander, General Douglas MacArthur, was ordered to escape the disaster in the American colony and to proceed to Australia to become the commander-in-chief of the newly formed command known as Southwest Pacific Area. The Australian public received him with joyful praise. He seemed to personify the figure of whom Australians had long dreamt, the American who would save Australia from the depredations of the Japanese. At their initial meeting, MacArthur told Curtin, you take care of the rear and I'll take care of the front and we'll see this through together. This secondary source shows the quick relationship formed by the two men. To all appearances, the two men quickly formed a close working relationship which was institutionalised in the Prime Minister's War Conference. The United States became Australia's ally because it had been attacked itself, but Curtin's task was to convey to the Australian people the message that we are in a stage in history when the struggle for survival as a nation overrides every other consideration. During the second half of 1944, Curtin faced many problems with the defeat of the government's referendum proposals. Given Curtin's humble origins and self-doubt for much of his life, his skill and capacity in inspiring trust, loyalty and capacity for self-sacrifice are consequently all the more remarkable. Following a major heart attack in November 1944, ill health meant that Curtin's personal role declined to the point where most of the real decisions had to be made by others. However, the directions of the government took in those last eight or so months were still substantially those that Curtin himself had foreshadowed and thought to bring about. Curtin's punishing work schedule throughout the war took a great toll on his health and in November 1944, he suffered a heart attack after returning from London. He died on the 5th of July, 1945.